Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the My First Gig Podcast. Whoa. Sharing stories of first gigs and shows. Hello and welcome to another edition of My First Gig with me, Dwayne Dugan. No, I've not been replaced with a smooth-talking jazz master. I am, in fact, sick. My nose is blocked up, my throat is sore, my head is sore. The fridge is making more noise than I wish it would because our fridge is in our living room. Because we're fairly, we're fairly alternative here. But yes, I am sick. That is why there is no video version of my intros and rambles. And also while why I will be keeping it pretty short today as it pains me to talk, which I know upsets a lot of you. It pains all of you for me not to talk, but also for the people who skip this and usually go 10 minutes, 15 minutes in to go right to the start of the interview. Ho, 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 ho. You're doing a lot of back-scrolling now, aren't you, buddies? Yeah. It actually would be quicker to just listen to this. As you've seen, the guest today, guests, my first double. Is it my first double? Yeah, I think it's my first double. Actually, it is because there was issues. Is none other than Flo and Joan. We recorded this at the Paddy Power Comedy Festival in Dublin this summer. They had just performed a fantastic show the night before. And we kick off our chat uh, with how they thought the show went. They had come to Whelan's in June, I think, and sold out the main room and had a great solo show. But they said this was their first time performing to not their audience, or not exclusively their audience. But they knocked it out of the park. And as I said, yeah, we'll begin the chat. Talk about their feelings on that. If the audio is a bit jumpy, it's because at these festivals, you just have to record wherever you can. And we recorded it in a private library or something in their hotel in Dublin but they had to pass the microphone back and forth so sometimes the audio could be down um, so apologies about that apologies about that if I ever do a duo, a trio I'll buy a new recorder that has four audio slots rather than just two and I will do that just for you if you're listening on Patreon apologies that this is a few hours late, it's still two days early but the sickness is the reason for that. If you're not listening on Patreon, what are you doing? Patreon.com forward slash my first gig pod. Get it early, get it extended, and get it ad free. There is a little bits that I cut out of the interviews, fun bits for sure, but stuff that may not relate to their first gig specifically. So things that won't change the story, but are stuff you're definitely missing out on. And today's one features a 
kind of very in-depth story of my horror story. Have I said story a lot? It basically, I talk about when I absolutely died on my arse at the comedy store in London. And, you know, if my pain is fun, then go subscribe. Otherwise, you can get it right here on Acast every single week for free or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, yeah, I can't stop sneezing and coughing, so I'm just going to... I've edited them all. Edit the... I can't even... See, I can't talk. This is why... What I'm trying to say is I've edited them all out, but I'm struggling to talk or breathe, and I still need to record the outro. So before I stop breathing, I'm going to record the outro and truck this up on the internet. And look, if there's no episode four, then, you know, you can begin your 10 days of mourning for me. Guys... I'm going to go away and suck on some Nurofen, and you are going to sit back, relax, and enjoy my first gig with Flo and Joe. It was amazing. It was lush. We were yeah. actually quite, I was, well, I don't know about you, but I was actually quite nervous, because um, we don't gig in Ireland a lot, and it always feels scary to come somewhere you haven't gigged yeah. too many times. And when we're doing it, it's always our tour show. So yeah. the people that are there are specifically there to you, to see you. Yeah. And so then you're always worried. I mean, also on any lineup where if it's not, it sounds weird, but like if it's not your tour show, you're like, especially for musical comedy, it's can be terrible and people can hate it really quickly. Yeah. Even, well, they can hate it before you've even walked on the stage and then they <laughs> rightfully hate it even more when we start. So like, it's quite, you. I get quite nervous doing lineup shows in general and also then in places where you're like you don't even know who we are so you have nothing you don't owe us anything yeah you've got nothing invested in this like you do want to have a nice time but there are also four other amazing people on this bill that if you hate us it makes no difference to you well it like it didn't thankfully it didn't work out that way it was yeah, like it, nice. it was really nice. nice yeah they, yeah. Were, they were a great crowd certainly by the end of it they were like I don't know. I think they wanted more. Like they didn't want to go home at that point. Really I good. felt like we were doing too much. Yeah. I got nervous that we'd done like forty-five minutes, and everyone was like, "Okay, it's time." Oh, off, off, off. <laughs> there was a there was a, a drunk couple. I was watching it from the back corner, and they were right down the back. And every time there was any bit of a rhetorical question, they were like answering just amongst themselves, <laughs> yeah. like. And it, but like, they were hands up, they were standing up, they were loving it. Um, so shout out to them. That's like, we actually have a song that is called Questions and it's just a song full of questions with no answers. That would have they absolutely would, baffled them. They'd have gone mad. They'd have fallen over. They would yeah. have <laughs> just spiralled straight into the ceiling. There was a tweet from a couple of weeks ago and it's basically at the end of every series of Taskmaster, I think people scale the Avalon website and go, right, <laughs> yeah. who's next? Yeah. And then I saw a lot of, a lot of tweets calling for you guys and it made me think if you guys went on as like the first duo or would you if you had the choice would you separate how would that work out i i don't we don't have the profile to do it separately i think you you know us for like egg and glasses and without it's like an egg shaker an egg shaker not an egg yeah so like I think we wouldn't we would never do it separately. I think we should be the first people to do it wearing one jacket. So we have like an a army trench coat. Yeah. You sit or you sit on my shoulders. Yeah. And then every now and again and we pretend I pretend we're one person. And you for some tasks we'll like open a couple of buttons down the coat and let If we need person. a couple of extra hands. Yeah. If the task is a bit tricky. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do that show, but I think it also would break me. It would break us and also we would I think I I think they should do like I think it'd be cool for them to do like a duo series 
Because like yeah. they do like their group tasks and stuff sometimes. Mm. But I think to do like a full where every person is a duo. So you can have like who are like French and Saunders or Mitchell and Webb or whoever it is. Um to see I think that would be really fun to see how those people work together. It like really exposes the inner workings of a duo. Yeah. But I think it's like it's funny to watch like most duos are just like mates, I guess. So it's fun to watch how two mates would like do a task. And if they have an argument, it's like quite funny or whatever. But I think because we're siblings, I think watching us like have a full on Barney over not being able to do something right. We turn into like little squinnies quite quickly. <laughs> I think we'd look like children and people would be quite embarrassed. Like we'd just resort immediately back to being like eight years old and fighting over the remote control. It, and it could go a little more deeper then as well. Some deep yeah. trauma could come out, but maybe that's why that's why it would be worthwhile doing. Yeah, it would be like therapy, but they're paying us to do it. Yeah. But we would have no career left at the end of the day. Yeah, it'd be a one and done duo series because they'd all In break up. Yeah, yeah. every yeah. duo breaks up by the end. Yeah. The, the actual real task is, can these duos stay together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then everyone goes off and has their Robbie Williams and Gary Barrett moment. And yeah. 20 years down the we'll line. We'll do the reunion. We'll all make it back together. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we talk about your first gig, if I say... If I say, what's your first memory of comedy? What uh, what comes to mind? Mine is, uh, our granddad used to watch Keeping Up Appearances. Oh my God, yeah. And I think we bought him, a, or like we, our mum bought him a video for his birthday once and we used to watch it with it. And he lived in Liverpool and we lived in Portsmouth. But whenever we went up to visit, we'd always watch Keeping Up Appearances with him. That's a really and we good been show. Like, I'd have never thought about that, that. But that probably was it. And we would have been like three or four or five, like young, young, young. It wasn't like, we gave him a video or a DVD when we were 15. It was like babe, like young kids and finding it really fun. Where we like still quote it now. But if I if I think about me now watching Keeping Up Appearances, <laughs> I find that depressing. But it was like, <laughs> it sits in those kind of weird early sitcoms where you're like, oh, yeah. well, I mean, not early. It was like the 90s or whatever. But yeah, I think that's like my first memory of understand, not understanding, but like, of watching a sitcom, I guess. Not knowing it was a sitcom at the time, but now I'm like, that was just a full family sitcom that we used to watch with him. Now thinking about it, I'm trying to think about my youngest age. Mm. I think it was probably watching, this is a terrible answer, but probably watching Saturday Night TV. It was probably watching someone on The Generation Game mm. not being able to make the spaghetti bolognese or whatever it was or yeah. trying to do a dance. It was probably that, which now... I, I'm sure I'd watch it back and be like, this is terrible, but it was probably watching mm. Jim Davidson laugh at someone on the Generation game. Yeah. But how we've moved forward, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it old house party and all that? Yes! That time? Yeah. Oh my gosh, but our earliest memory would have been Mr. Blobby. Yeah. Ruining everything. I used to love it, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, just everyone getting gunged and Mr. Blobby punching people in the head. Yeah. How big of a thing was gunge? Huge. <laughs> it was ginormous. <laughs> I, if anything, there's not enough gunge in... No, Gunch made a comeback. It's big in the States, I think. Yeah, yeah. like Nickelodeon are like big mm. Gunch fans, aren't they? But, but you make, like you don't... it's like a YouTube thing where you make Gunch. No, but as in like on telly, you don't see anyone getting a bucket of Gunch to the head anymore. What was that show? Get Your Own Back. Get Your Own Back. Yeah. Yes. The Gunch, the gunch the Tank. All I remember is, yeah, the drop. Yeah. I don't know what, like if, how they filled half an hour. <laughs> All I remember is, <laughs> you sign up, you can drop in. Yeah. Right. The Gunch. Plop your teacher into to the, the ads. Gunch. Yeah. yeah. stuff like your teacher. Yeah. yeah. All fantastic. Went on with like, my dad's a piece of shit. He doesn't let me watch <laughs> 24 hours in police custody or whatever. Not that. Whatever that was in 1994. 
But yeah, you go on and be like, my dad's horrible. My teacher's horrible. She makes me do my homework. And then they're like, cool. Get in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> that, that needs to be a thing. That's yeah. that's childhood therapy, I think. And I think with Dave Benson Phillips, I don't think you could do a remake without him at the helm. I saw he was in like wrestling. What? In the UK. Yeah. He made like an appearance. I think he like, I don't know what he did, but he made, there was some like, I don't know, was it? There's a, there's a wrestling show in um, the Electric Ballroom in Camden. Yeah. yeah. And I think he, he got involved at some point. I could, really it might not be there, that. but that's the one that's coming to mind. Yeah. So he, I think he's he's cool again now. I you know? think so. Yeah. He'll never not be cool. He's the Gunch man. Captain Gunch. Captain Gunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I then say specifically awareness of not just comedy, but stand-up comedy or live performance comedy. I remember our mum having... A Robin Williams video that was an 18 that we weren't allowed to watch. Really? But I can see the stack of videos in the corner of the house and remember seeing that and it just being like, you don't touch that video. It was that and then like a video of Madonna and then like their wedding video or something were like in a stack together. But I never, I literally never, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Madonna, our parents and Robin Williams. Robin Williams. (laughs) um, Robin Williams. Did I say Robbie Williams? I think you said Robin. Okay, good. It was Robin Williams, not Robbie Williams. Um, and never watching it and now being like holy shit that wasn't well, I've got to find that video um, and then I don't really know I think it took me a while to come to stand up mm-hmm. it was probably watching things like Victoria Wood or um, yeah honestly it took me ages I don't think I really watched stand up until I was a teenager mm. yeah so like whenever I chat to like Americans and ask that question they're like oh like it was on every day yeah. Every late night show or every whatever TV program, there was a channel for it. Like so, like I grew up in London, so like I had the the, the same channels. It was like I don't remember stand up being on the telly till I really don't maybe know. the late nineties. Like sure, there was like Paramount Comedy, but it would ha- might have something on the Saturday night. But I I never knew of that. Yeah. At that age, so yeah. The only entertainment I knew was Saturday night, fr- like Friday nights, Saturday nights, mm. and The Simpsons on TV. Yeah. I don't remember much else. But now, like. Because I don't think, I wouldn't, I don't think our mum would say that she was a fan of comedy. She's not not a fan, but she wasn't like, we weren't introduced to comedy because she'd go and watch sure. no. shows or like the Robin Williams was the only video that she had that was like a comedy video, I think. So like we weren't brought up with it in the same way that like if your parent like if your parents are a fan of comedy, they'll introduce you to comedy. Mm. So we kind of missed it in that way. But now I like, I went through our, um, I think it was her or our dad's record collection and there were like eight Billy Connolly vinyls. And so I was like, oh, you were a fan, but like it was just like a kind of background or like they, yeah, I don't know. Like they were a fan in some way, but not in a way that was like, it was just another thing that they did that there wasn't any reason for the kids to know about it. But I don't, which makes it sound seedy actually, but like, yeah. Were you able to give them a copy of your vinyl? We did, yeah, for free. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 make that a note of that. It's like yeah, for free. And twenty quid, please. Yeah. yeah. So that they have a vinyl collection of comedy, you know, and now yeah, they have the, your, yours as well. That's kind of that's a that's a cool yeah, thing. I think it's just yeah. Billy Connolly and Flo and Joan. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only two. Things. That's the comedy section. That's all you need, boys and girls. And then that's the, that's the trios um, yeah. Castmaster series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so if it was just kind of like a tape that wasn't there, like there wasn't, you know. You weren't able to watch. When, when do you think you would have started to know and see stand-up comedy? Or yeah, 
do you know what? Honestly, not until like we went to Edinburgh Fringe in twenty. Speak for yourself. I knew comedy before. But I didn't. I didn't know stand up before then. I I couldn't have named you a stand up until, like a, a like a current stand up. I couldn't sure. name you anyone on the circuit until we started doing comedy. Until you start seeing Mock the Week, and then you're like, okay, I know who that person is now. They must be a stand up. I was really late to the game on stand up. Mm. That wasn't older like replayed specials. I think that seems to be quite common. It's like it's. I think it's a case of like everyone who likes comedy you're not aware of like that achievable level it's just that hey yeah top level yeah because like if you if you knew how to get into like obviously everyone who ends up getting into it, it's like right they probably would have done it earlier if they knew it was there yeah so then they don't find out or know this until they start so like yeah. Yeah. i think i think that's quite similar like performances like uh growing up in like school or drama or anything like that that we did yeah we both did youth theater in, in an embarrassing sense um, we did a lot of yeah, like music, did dancing when we were younger. We always like we were always involved somehow. We liked performing stuff, like performance in general. Like we liked sort of doing it and watching it to various levels of success. Mine less. I'm not a natural performer, so like I liked it, but wasn't like we. I was very aware that it wasn't a thing to like. It was a fun thing you did at school, not anything. Sure, that was yeah. Happen, like afterwards, yeah. We but, did bands as well. Yeah, like, we, we were in school bands. <laughs> Little wind band and choirs and stuff it, like that. Yeah. What does a school band consist of? The worst played <laughs> instruments in the history of thought. Really nice music played by the most incompetent children in the world. <laughs> and like one good trumpet player. It was, and our one, it was like a kind of wind band. So there were flutes. I'm trying to like visualize it on the in the practice room. Are you talking about senior band? I'm talking about senior band. Senior band. I came too late in the game. You were always in senior bands, and I wasn't in it until later. Until you my were older like, years. Well, like 12, 13. Started, no, no, no. You started playing the drums in senior band when you were like 13. I think I was in year nine. I'm sure you were. Honestly, it wasn't because I didn't know. Honestly, it took me ages okay. to get there. <laughs> <laughs> you got there in the end. That's I, get there. Yes, I can step out. Yeah. <laughs> Work this out. This is your view into Taskmaster Jewess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just arguing, us arguing for nine minutes and 59 seconds, and the last <laughs> second going, well, we fucked it, and then that's it. <laughs> Um, yeah, like flutes, clarinets, oboes, maybe a bassoon, varied trumpets and trombones, French horns. There was always a teacher that played something just to turn up, and drums. I think that was sort of like the main. Yeah. But never good. Never good. It's a wild combination of things. A lot of what uh, an orchestra. Is that, is that is that what they make up? <laughs> that, is it? Yeah, that's a really. That's you can a, tell how cultured that's, I am. That's a great one line of orchestra. Orchestra. An okay. orchestra would have okay. like. It's violins a, and stuff in it and then a wind band is just like anything you blow into basically and, and a drum this was like a school afternoon activity or a class activity uh, extracurricular extra after school you, you had, had to be a real extra special nerd to spend your outdoor school hours yeah. doing bands the theme to flash dance on the oboe <laughs> it was now when i think about it now i can't i feel i'm not a parent i don't have children or animals but like the idea that parents have to go and watch their children <laughs> they don't the children don't realize they're embarrassing themselves um, um maybe they're not because you Give don't really realize everyone's got to do a little bit of thing to make the brain go well that's true the idea though that parents have to sit through um 45 to 45 minute to an hour and a half concerts of their children playing the theme to flash dance um the theme to back to the future um a motown medley mega mix like all of those things where you're just like 
I'm glad I'm spending my money on this. Like, it feels like quite... I respected parenthood a lot more when I thought about our mum having to like watch all of those terrible shows. Well, we what, what about those shows where it's like it's not not a consistent lineup the whole way through? They're two hours long, yeah. and your kid's on like first or second. Yeah. So you've seen what you want. Yeah. And then you have to say, I, I feel like that would be dreadful. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then have to look the other parents in the eye and know that your, <laughs> child, your child just embarrassed themselves on stage. Yeah. Um, and She's then, coming along really well. Yeah. She's sporty, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's very social. She's a reader. My one's a reader. She likes to read. So there's performance in different different aspects. There's music. To like jump right into it, how do we get to here? What what what's what's the kind of the, the turning point that says, right, let's let's like as far as like were you writing songs growing up like this, or is that something no. happened once once you decided to go down this avenue? We'd literally like never um we barely sort of acknowledged the other one existed really we were sort of we just sort of we're very different people and like we were even more different when we were kids so we just kind of certainly at those ages it's like yeah yeah. unless you're the exact same age you might as well be 20 years apart exactly yeah and there's only two years between us but we we just like existed in completely different worlds already didn't we so it wasn't until we went off to uni that you're like oh we like did have some stuff in like mostly like the telly that we watched and the music we listened to were like the things that we had in common so when you sort of look at it like that you're like oh well those two things are like quite fundamental in like the things that we do now i guess mm-hmm. um but so yeah same uni was it no, no different oh, unis. No? you got you went to uni didn't like your course and then you got into comedy at uni you just started watching stuff mm-hmm. and then you liked american stuff i was speaking on your behalf you can do Thank the you. same for me yeah so i'll do it for you, you. So you didn't like your course, you started watching 30 Rock, then you found out about Tina Fey and then you went to Wikipedia and Wikipedia, Tina Fey, and saw that she went to Second City and then went over to Chicago in Second City and did some courses. I did. And enjoyed them and got a visa for Toronto where they've also got another Second City and you can stay for longer because it's Canada. And then you carried on doing it. Then I went to visit. No, 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 I get to speak Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your turn. Sorry. Yeah. So I was out there having a nice time and you had saved, Rosie had saved loads of money to go, <laughs> not loads of money, Rosie had saved money to go traveling with friends in Southeast Asia uh, and it all fell apart. But you were just working in a pub and were like, well, I've saved money to do something fun. And I was in Chicago and was like, I think Rosie was like a very, a much better performer than I am. And I was like, I think you'll really enjoy like it was like improv and sketch and stand up and ev- just basically everything. Like never, neither of us had ever done any comedy, but we're like, that was like a place where you could go and just literally try anything and just see if any of it stuck. And if I was, if either of us were bad at it, we could just go back to the UK and be like, okay, well, we tried it. Um, So your traveling plans have fallen through. So I was like, you should go to Chicago and do the second city. So you flew out to Chicago, moved into the room where I was living. I flew on to Toronto and then I was in Toronto and was like, you had some extra time or like, well, I might as well just go to Toronto to visit and see what Toronto's like. And then you did, and then you did more Second City classes. And then while we were out there, we were, neither of us were working for a bit. And that was when we were like, we should try and like, you didn't have a visa. I couldn't find a job. So we were just started doing, I think we wrote a song just to see. Just to see. And that was sort of, yeah. It's actually a really long winded answer, isn't it? Yeah. I wish we could just be like, look, we just tried a song. <laughs> to see what it's like, but yeah, it's a whole little because because we tried the song in Toronto, and then people would be like, "Why did you, why are you in Toronto? Why are you in a half, other half of the world?" Yeah. Before we get to Toronto, you go to Chicago mm-hmm. and you go to Second City. Yeah. Is it for purely for improv? 
Um, I had never done improv, but I thought I'd done, I'd written, I found out about um, Newsjack, which was the, it's a show on Radio 4 that you could like, it was an open submission thing. Um, and you could, actually, this is completely pointless and now just sounds like a brag. Anyway, um, I just wanted to try everything and I'd never done improv and I knew that like a lot of sketch and stuff came from improv. And I was like, I think I'm quite, at the time, I was like, my friends find me funny. I think I'm mildly amusing. Maybe I'll be good at improv. Turns out I'm not very good at improv. But it was, um, that was sort of to learn how to do it in like the kind of second city, like American way, which is sort of all the people that I liked at the time. That's how they did it. So it was like the best place to learn it. You had a um, joke on Newsjack. Oh yeah, I had a joke they on Newsjack. They bought the joke. They bought the joke on Newsjack. I think so that I, was the bit where you were like, I can do this. Yeah, I sent, <laughs> it was in my first, this is absolute chaos. Um, <laughs> we, um, it was, yeah, I wrote a packet of stuff, wrote a packet of jokes sent the first time I'd ever written any jokes, sent it off and they bought the first the first joke I wrote and then it went out on the radio. And so yeah, that was like a oh I'm not I'm not crazy. Like I've got I've written a joke and it's I've written a joke and it's going it's going on the radio. And then I sent a packet of ideas every day for like the rest of my life and never got another joke on again <laughs> ever. Um, but the first one at least. First one. Um but yeah so that was that was kind of the impetus of okay I'm not I'm not crazy. I might be okay at this. And so that then I was like, okay, let's go to Chicago and do it. Do you remember what that first joke was? It was something about, it was either about Nicholas Sarkozy or the Pope. And it was some kind of play on words on something, but I forget what it was now. But, you know, that hot topical Nicholas Sarkozy Pope <laughs> material was absolutely banging it <laughs> in 2010 or whatever it was. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. <laughs> so while you're in Chicago, mm-hmm. Rosie, you're back home. Yeah. What's What's your plan now? Just like, are you still in school? Are you in uni? I'd finished uni and I'd got. I'd moved back home, and just worked in a pub down the road for a year. Um, I didn't. I honestly didn't really know what I was doing. I originally applied. I originally wanted to go to a drama school when it was time to go to university, and I just didn't have any of the skills or confidence or I just didn't know what I was doing and I was doing auditions and and I was not I wasn't even remembering the lines it was just didn't you like improvise a Shakespeare monologue I went into an audition and I was learning the monologue on the train to the audition I don't know what I thought I was doing I, I it's actually insane when I think about what a waste <laughs> of time that all was is this to get into the course this was to get onto the course yeah and it wasn't a small it wasn't a small uni it was a, it was like a proper drama school 
Uh, I don't know what I, I don't know. <laughs> so I, maybe subconsciously my body was like, don't even, don't even try. Just don't, it's not worth it. Self-sabotage, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> and so I knew, I always liked to theater Easter and performing, but I just didn't know what and how I wanted to do it or whether it was worth doing it. So yeah, I just went home and thought, I'll just travel. I'll just, I'll just do that. Um, and then... I honestly really didn't have a plan at all. I remember applying for city job jobs in banking when I finished uni and having phone calls and just trying to blag my way out. And I don't know anything about banking or money. I don't, I don't know what I thought I was. I had absolutely no idea. It was an absolute mess. <laughs> so I went and worked in a pub serving fucking burgers. Well, we got, there's applications to drama school. There's writing jokes, selling to radio. There's going doing improv course. Like we're all slowly getting in that direction. Yeah, yeah. there's like little sparks in just areas. trying but... lots of stuff, I think. Trying, yeah. Just giving everything a go and just seeing what sticks. And then when the trip to Asia falls through yeah. and you change plans, we're starting to get closer to that now, close to that now. Now that you're kind of like, well, no, you say you move on to Toronto. Yeah, I so only had... It's, it's, never, it's not together yet at all. No, 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 no. No. You only get three months in America on... Um, 90 days, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we met were... up for like four days in New York because we hadn't seen each other for three months. Oh, yeah. So we did a little teeny trip in... New York where we like handed over documents and went to see a show and then you flew to Chicago and I flew on to Toronto from there. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I did Chicago after you did it. Mm -hmm. But you you planned to always go to Toronto so you had the visa set up. Yeah, and I I had like saved the money, knew how much money I needed for all the courses, knew the visas, like I was out. I was going out prepared. I'm the older sister and then Rosie sort of came along behind I'm slightly more unprepared but knowing that I had done it so it wasn't like going in completely blind I no. guess there's a bit of a blueprint there to follow yeah, up yeah and it looked fun yeah so do you do any gigs off of the back of Second City um I didn't in did I no in Chicago I just did like the end of no I think I was that it was that early on that I wasn't, you didn't even get to do shows at that point because they okay. were like, you're all shit. We're not putting you in front of an audience yet. Wow. This will be bad for our reputation. Um, so I didn't do, no, I did a musical improv. Um, I was in a musical improv class, having done no improv ever in my entire life. Um, and then was like, what if I sing it too? Which is just chaotic because I'm not good at improv anyway. And uh the jury's out on how i'm not a good i can sing for the job for our job no one's asking us to like audition for lame it's like it's not like we get the job done um so i did a i I did a show with them and i didn't i didn't enjoy it i felt really stressed all the way through (laughs) which is great for improv it's really good to just be completely uptight with your um, shoulders by (laughs) your ears in an improv show a dog in a hot car (laughs) i've done like one or two shows since and i my my strategy in improv is to find the tallest person on the stage (laughs) and hide behind them for as long as the set is and that's my bit is small woman who hides from people (laughs) is my improv um character that i do um so i did (laughs) i didn't do any shows in chicago release the merch (laughs) it's just me poking behind someone um yeah, I didn't do any shows in Chicago, but I watched a lot of shows and was just like, oh, this is fucking brilliant. I watched like The Second City. I think they're like different now, but at the time it was like in the booming years of like you would watch someone on a straight stage and then like two weeks later they were starring in a pilot in like LA or whatever. Like it was really um, amazing, like loads of stand up and stuff and sketch and 
all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I didn't do any show shows until I moved to Toronto. Yeah. And so how do we get to you guys as a duo? Is that when you follow Nicola up to Toronto? Yeah, so I went to visit and then ended up staying because I saw that you could carry on doing the courses in Second City in Toronto. So I was like, oh, I enjoyed Chicago. I'll carry on doing them just like Nicola's done. Um, and then I stayed in an Airbnb for a little bit and then we moved into, a, we got a flat together. Mm-hmm. We convinced a really nice lady to give us a flat. Yeah. Because we had no papers or anything. Well, we had like, I was on a tourist visa. You had an actual visa. I had a visa, but I didn't have a job, but I had savings because I knew that I, I needed money to do it. And I'm a nervous person and was like, I'm not going here with like 50 quid in my pocket. Like, I'm saving money to do this so I don't die when I'm out there. So we had the flat together, mm-hmm. tiny little stinky sewage flat. Um, and then we did a food blog. Yeah. that I think that's how it started. We did a food blog where we, we, had, we didn't have a lot to do. We just wondered if we could write together. So we did a food blog where we wrote about the national food of the day every single day. For a whole year it was just a little t- just a tiny little task that we thought we'd do yeah one and of those like when you're starting off and you're like you have to write every single day and that's how you get good we were like this will make us write every day um it didn't make us get good but it made us <laughs> and it then there was one day. day that was national peanut day and we thought oh it'd be funny if we just wrote a song about two little no cashew day yeah we wrote a song about two little cashews and that could be our entry for the blog and we did it was called Kerry and Kerry and Drew Cashew. We did a little stop motion video for them. A small stop motion video of two little cashews in an ugly flat singing a little song. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. The good news is, um, as with most food blogs at the time, no one read it. So it sort of mostly <laughs> went under the radar. And then yeah. we enjoyed like it was we found it funny. Mm-hmm. And then um that was the, I guess the first song that we we wrote together. Mm-hmm. There's so much of this that is just like not falling into place, but it's like it's like as a result of doing this to do that to yeah. this to this, and then the food blog, and then it's like I guess what writing every day. You're probably getting sick of it yourselves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's switch it up a bit. Yeah. Yes. Let's write a song. Yeah. That's exactly. What and that's yeah. I guess that's is that, that that's the catalyst for everyone that follows at least. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and because of because sec- of Second City Toronto, they had like a they had this tiny little um, room in the basement where you could go and do shows like just put on like a sh- like end of class shows or whatever yeah. and people could just host their own shows in there and our friend was hosting is that right our friend was hosting one or maybe it wasn't i think you could just like email someone and be like can i do that show please because they were it was for like anyone just, just anyone. try anything yeah. yeah so we were like let's go and do something and try something mm. Um, and this is together at this point. This yeah, is together. Yeah. Right. Okay. And just to see, we're like, let's yeah. just see if we can, basically. And you wrote a, you wrote that poem. You wrote Jane on a receipt, mm-hmm. and that was fun. And then we learnt that, mm-hmm. and so we did that. So we had like, we had things to. We it was good to know that you we put our name into for the show. Yeah. So you've got to have fifteen minutes. I think it was fifteen. Got to have fifteen minutes. So we just knew that that's what we had to do. So we just wrote. 15 minutes of stuff yeah and that was the fashion yeah and what's that show consist of is it songs is it, you mentioned a, a poem hot, a <laughs> steaming hot shit except for f- no, 15's longer than like usual it's like, yeah. so long it's for, so dumb that we were like yeah we can do that the just but also so you're nice. like okay well we just have to so that's what we've been told to do and that's what we're gonna do yeah we did yeah a poem like a poem thing a sketch and a song the sketch was 
dog shit and we never did that ever 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 again so you, everyone is well if you think musical comedy is bad then you should have seen us doing fucking sketch comedy it was awful um but yeah we had a song which was fine actually did we have two songs no just one it was just one one song and one poem yeah but the poem ended up we used it for a really long time and it ended up in our special not even in like a Oh, it'd be cute to like put the first thing we've ever done in our special. We were like, it still works and it worked for what we needed it to and the things. We were like, cool, that goes in. Yeah. But that was like the first thing we'd ever written. Yeah. Once you emailed to join that show, how long do you have until the show itself? I can't remember. I, I want to say remember. like a couple of months because I think they were like booked enough. Yeah. So it's a con- considerable amount enough. of time. Yeah. Yeah, time to... is a long time, a prolonged stress. Yeah. That's probably worse, I think, isn't it? You'd yeah. probably almost prefer it to be like next week or the week after. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can you could probably even throw out good ideas in that time, yeah. overthinking things. Yeah. yeah, the good thing though about Second City is everyone's on in courses; they're all in classes. So any shows that are going in there, it's everyone learning and doing things new. And like you see a lot of rubbish, and you're part of a lot of the rubbish. Like if your improv class does a little, like does ten minutes, you know it's going to be rubbish because you've been doing it for eight weeks. So the pressure was slightly off, knowing that if we didn't do well. There won't be many people in the audience. No one's going to remember it. And you don't have to do it again. You don't have to talk about it again. Yeah. It's not like you're doing it on Comedy Central. For yeah. Time, you know? And we were also on the other side of the world. So none of our friends or family knew about it either. So Save it felt safe like, almost. Yeah. It was like a real safe way to be like, let's try it. Yeah. And if we're shit, no one will ever find out about it. And the people that saw it won't remember it. So it doesn't matter. We're still cacking our little panties. But... Oh, yeah. We were definitely scared. <laughs> But it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Like, we weren't going into a London comedy club. Yeah. You know, yeah. Which I think would be scarier. Going to, like, was it King Gong or whatever it is? Like, anything anything with any pressure. Yeah. There was no... The only pressure was the pressure that we put on ourselves to be like, let's hopefully not be shit. Did you do King Gong together? No. Yeah. I actually don't know what it is. It's, I, it's, the, it's, it's it. the worst. It we is by far the worst. I did it years ago really? and... I look back now and I think, oh, it's funny. I would definitely do it again. But then you you think about it. It's humiliating is a kind way to put it. It is so bad. I saw like a guy who's professional here. I won't name him, but like 30 seconds he lasted there. And like he can come and smash the biggest clubs everywhere. But it's just, it's no, they're not judging you as a comedy club or as comedians. It's, it's a. Check, yeah, go go try that. <laughs> not, chance it takes us five minutes to set up the piano, so maybe we would last, but we wouldn't do anything. I have my own inbuilt gong that constantly. Tells me <laughs> shit. I, we're just constantly gonging ourselves off of every show before we've even well, done them. People do their first gig at Jesus King Gong because they don't. They, like since it's so well advertised, they go, "Oh, well, that's yeah. that's the only way I can see to do a gig." That's quite funny. We prefer the safety of a no-named um, black box theater in a basement of a. Shoppers Drug Mart in Toronto. Oh, it's <laughs> that's the Royal Albert Hall like, <laughs> compared to it. So I, I'm sure, like obviously, it's developed over time. But when you've got that first show, because I guess yeah, writing f- for yourself is one thing, but now writing together and almost I guess writing for each other as well. How does that work? Having never done it before, with this 15 minutes in mind, I'd say it's uh, pro- you might disagree, but I think it was probably easier than how it is now because. Yeah. You don't have any pressure and it is only really joy because you're doing it for the fun of it. You're not doing it. There's like the excitement of writing it. Yeah. And every idea you get is like, oh my God, that's so funny. Yes. Write that down. <laughs> now you're like, yeah, that'll, that'll work. Yeah, or that won't no. work. 
No. No, that's no. not funny. We tried yeah, that before. And at the, but at the other time, you're like, yeah, the beginning, it's all more, it's way more fun. When you're new, every idea you have, you think is the best idea that anyone has <laughs> ever come up with. So it was probably really easy and we were also excited for the other person to be like, you've got a good idea too. <laughs> I have a good idea. We should put them together and write a song. Whereas now we're like, you're a piece of shit. Why are you still here? <laughs> High fives all around. Yeah. Just, like, I'll write this one and I'll send it to you and I don't want any notes. And you also don't really know, like you're just, it's probably the most truest version of yourself as well because you've got no expectations of the audience because you haven't set any precedent of your yeah. response. So you're just doing what that that's probably the truest moment of doing what you think you should be doing because that that's all you've got to play on. Yeah. But now you know the sound of a certain laugh, you know like what it feels like, what this laugh should feel like and which controls your material a tiny bit more I'd say. Mm. Yeah. Then the throw shit at the wall and see what sticks approach that yeah. you have when you're right. a baby. Oh, those are the good days, yeah. huh? If we get to the show then. So is there music as well for the song? Yes. Play the piano right off the get. So right off the get, gate, you're like, you got the piano there, you got mm-hmm. the plan there. What, 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 do you remember what you're feeling like that day or even as the show starts, show's on, you know, right, it's coming up soon. Probably absolutely bricking it. Mm. I think I, I remember having that prickly hot skin when you're, what, when you're sat in the show knowing that you're coming up next mm. or that. You don't know when you're coming up. And there's no one in, there's barely anyone in the audience. So you're sat in the audience watching the show anyway. Yeah. But I think also with the, the ones that we did, they were so like the poem thing is so tightly scripted and it's sort of like a kind of uh, like a rhythmic. Yeah. It's like really rhythmic. Um, like sort of a spoken song, but not a rap. I don't know how to, whatever. Um, but there was no, we had to know it. So, like, there was no, like, oh, well, if it goes wrong, then, like, we'll just figure it out. Like, we just drill, we had to drill it because we also were, like, we can't get up there and shit the bed on it because if that falls apart, then it would just be terrible. So I think there was also, like, it was nerves of being, like, if I forget this, then this whole thing falls apart and there's no redeeming it when it doesn't work. So I think that that was a mixture of, like, I really know this, it's fine, and if I do forget this, though, it's going to be a disaster. So just being sat in the audience with um, that nice cocktail of anxiety going on. And also being like, oh, wasn't that improv class good? <laughs> I should clap for that person now. But then also at, at the same time, the excitement of finding out if this stuff is good or not, it, yeah. if it works, if it's funny. What are your memories then of the actual performance? The sketch died on its whole. And rightly We've so. We've gone through that. Let's not relive that trauma. Okay. Um, the poem, I think, worked really well. Mm-hmm. And the song was an absolute banger mm-hmm. it really 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 worked it was a really simple premise mm-hmm. and that felt good at that felt good at the end yeah but it was like i'm sure if we heard a recording of it it would just be us not singing in tune and screaming it when you're so nervous <laughs> yeah. you just don't you're just opening your mouth and hoping that you go into that state of all your material properly coming out mm-hmm. um yes i remember feeling good at the end i yeah. think i think the relief of being like we're not shit at this. We're, well, I'm so not, far. No, no, yeah, as in, we're not, we're not so terribly shit that it was silence. It gave us, it all, I don't know about you, but there like, were it, laughs, and that's what there were needed. laughs, and it gave us enough, like, it reassured us enough that it was like, okay, you can, you're allowed to do, you can go to the next level in terms of like, you can do another gig, you don't have to like, hide in a hole for the rest of your life. So yeah. s- straight away, you're like, right, let's, let's, we're, we're going to do this again. Let's do another one. Yeah, yeah I think so. I it don't think we months, did another one for like, it was, three or four months. No. And was it, was it Bobby? 
who wasn't he hosting the show or he was in the show and he had a he hosted a different show in one twenty diner. Mm. Was it Bobby? I don't know. Uh, well they had they were hosting their own show in a bar in Toronto and said, Oh come and do our show. But yeah, again, that was a, it was a few months in between that. And did we do we the next one this. after that though? We absolutely ate the biggest fat one ever. That one at that brewery in. Um, um, oh Wait, was that our second one? Maybe that was the second one. We ate a big steaming pile of caca. Yeah. Yeah, that was terrible, actually. That's perfect for the second, though. Yeah, I think so, because like you do great at the first, you think right, let's do it again. Yeah. Second one goes shit. You go ah. Oh. Oh no! I, well, I, ne- I definitely need to do a third now. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen the good feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Someone needs to make this bodies. decision. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, the, there was that one, the ones, the good song, "Stay Indoors." Mm-hmm. That was the one that was keeping us going. I think because yeah. we always knew that we'd have that song. So if it all if it all went to shit, at least we could go do the set and have that song in it. Yeah, we always used to put it at the end. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, as you start to like kind of develop then and kind of like gig more together, obviously you're close enough that if like if if you know you're visit you know if you haven't seen each other you make sure to see each other or that when you go to uh when you go to toronto or you go to chicago you kind of like you're chatting at least and planning but like how did the sibling relationship develop since uh, you know now that it's a, an official like no sibling's pretty official actually as well, but, uh, <laughs> documented shall we working say working sibling relationship I think it's a really hard question because you never think about it. Yeah. It just, we were, it just keeps on going. And at the time we were, when we were in Toronto, we always lived together because we knew that we'd be leaving at the same time. So there was no point in like, and we also didn't, we arrived early enough that like we didn't know anyone else to like. I don't know if we into, knew that we'd be leaving at the same time. Maybe not that, but like. We had different visas. And... Sure. Um, not that, but like that I didn't know anyone else. Like the options were move in with a complete stranger you found on Craigslist or yeah. move in together. So like when I was... arrived to Toronto, Nicola was staying in the most terrible rented place and it stank and there were plants coming through the floorboards and it smelled like dog food. So it was <laughs> almost me. I was almost like, <laughs> there's no dog. There's a cat called Jesus. I came as you were lucky. I came. <laughs> Thank you. you and I dragged her out of that apartment. It was awful. It was horrible. I meant and I said, things are going to get better now. <laughs> then we got our own apartment. <laughs> and that's when you broke into the first song then. Yeah. Right there and then. That's when yeah. the film starts. So you're saying like the first gig was like a couple of months after booking, the next one's a couple of months after that. Mm-hmm. At what point do we start to like, all right, this is a fully kind of like rolling train now? I don't really know. I think, do you know what I think helped was that we were in the... The community, the comedy community in Toronto was like, we were sort of doing a lot of, we went on lots of stand-up shows. We were doing lots of like sketch and improv and stuff. Um, but we were getting asked to do a lot. Everyone had, everyone and their friend had a show and you were always just looking for new people to do it. So we were getting asked to do shows quite a lot, I think, because there was also, because we were doing music and there weren't that many people doing music. So I think that helped in being like, it's not just us trying to smash down everyone else's doors people were like do you want to come in yeah and so that helped in being like we're if people are asking us to do the show then that means that we we're not rubbish so i think that helped in like building building through yeah Yeah. how how long ago is this we 20 we did our first show in 2015 2015 so we're talking about like seven years so to, to 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 wrap up in a nice big bow if the 2022 versions of yourselves could go into that basement 
right before you're about to be called, take yourselves outside and you got a minute or two to... What, what do you think you'd say to yourselves now, back then, looking at what's coming, at, coming, coming down the road? Sketch isn't going to work and it's going to be the best thing that happens to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, that's, I don't know, that's a very hard question. Hard question without being soppy. I think it, It's the perfect time to be soppy now. No. With these weird <laughs> pictures in this meeting room looking at us. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I think my, my instinct was to say like, it's what you, the choices that you make are all good, they're all going to work. Most of mm-hmm. And the ones that don't aren't going to ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not like we... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one said that before, have they? <laughs> uh, look, I think... The it's sim- going to be okay. The simple advice is the best. on each of our shoulders. Look ourselves right in the eye. It's going to be okay. And definitely don't do the sketch. I don't do this sketch, sketch comedy. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting about your first gig. It was great to hear the story. Thank, thank you for having us. So there you have it. Flo and Joan, thank you for being fantastic guests. Rosie and Nicola, they were absolutely amazing. If you like musical comedy and you want to check them out, well, they have a special on Amazon Prime. Go check that out. If you love big physical things in your hands that you can go, wow, this is pretty cool. There should be more of these related to comedy. Well, then go to their website, flowandjoan.com, and you can buy their album on a beautiful multicolored vinyl. There's T-shirts, loads more clips. They're on Spotify. Oh, God, my voice is going. Guys, Flo and Joan, trust me, check them out. One of my uh, favorite acts that I've begun following over the last couple of years, and I was delighted to be able to share... Not one, but two stories on how they came together for my first gig. If you're listening on Patreon, thank you very much. If you're not, consider chucking just a euro to support the podcast and to and that way you get things early. You get them ad free. But if you want them even earlier and want to be sound, then for five euro you can get them two days earlier. Patreon.com forward slash my first gig. Follow on the socials at my first gig pod and me at Dwayne Dugan. Before my voice goes, I'm gonna go. We'll see you next week. But before I leave you, I would love to tell you that next week's guest is the fantastic Reese James. This is a lockdown interview that got corrupted. The file got corrupted, lost the audio, didn't want to text Reese and be like, hey, we're going to have to do that again or it's never coming out. So I just never spoke to him again. And I am very excited to pop him a message and say, hey, this is coming out now. Just so you want, you know, just so you know why it's two years later. And I'm asking you, hey, how's lockdown treating you? Well, that's why. Reese James, next week, get it early on Patreon or Wednesday, wherever you listen to your podcast, especially on Acast. My first gig with me, Dwayne Dugan, is powered by Acast, and I am powered by Paracetamol. I'm going to go. Cheerio. Ta-ra for now. All the best. See you later. Goodbye. It's the My First Gig Podcast. Whoa. You've been listening to My First Gig with Dwayne Dugan on Acast. Follow online at My First Gig Pod or at Dwayne Dugan. For classic episodes, ad-free, early access and more, head to myfirstgigpod.com. This is My First Gig with Dwayne Dugan, powered by Acast. Enjoy. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.